everybody. Welcome to episode 38 of the Canberra Football Show. My name is Matt Nicoletti. few illnesses today, uh, so thank you very much for joining us at a moment's notice, Paul Townsley. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm back again, which um, always quite remarkable considering my uh, previous performances, but it's always uh, welcome to uh, come and say hi. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Let's get let, let's just get straight into it after that fantastic introduction. Um, let's start with the first matchup of the weekend in MPL one, of course. Gangali United two 0 over West Canberra Wanderers. Misko Naumoski and Bernabeu Madrid with the goals in the fifteenth and fiftieth minutes, respectively. Huge win for Gangali, and as this breaks them away in third place by three points with one match in hand as well, which is huge for them. And this also means that. Uh, in their one match in hand against the Tigers. If they do win, that means they're only going to be one point off Canberra Croatia, who are currently in second place. So it's all to play for at the moment. For Gangali United and Bernabeu Madrid's goal means he's still top scorer, now 11 goals in the MPL one. Disappointing loss, though, for West Canberra Wanderers. Another another loss at home on the synthetic as well, which is uh, sort of leads to the unfavorable f- form on the synthetic at over at Melrose, like we've mentioned before on the show, but uh, this loss also knocks them out of the top four. And interestingly enough, this is the first time that they haven't been in the top four since the conclusion of round one, which is actually a bit of an interesting stat there. What are your thoughts on um, this one, Paul? Well, I think um, Gungalin have been, um, they had a slow start to be fair. Um, and there's a lot, of, a lot of new players. Um, you know, Marcel's like a, a top quality coach, and he's blended this group of players. They play really, really good football. They, I've actually been lucky enough to actually watch one or two of their games. Obviously, because um, we've been in MPL two, they, they play. You know, the first MPL one play on a Sunday, so I've actually managed to watch one or two games. And you know, I think he's got them playing really, really good football. They counter very quickly. They've got a lot of good talent. Um, and they've looked threatening um, since probably that sort of sixth, seventh game. They've actually looked quite threatening against everybody. Um, so it actually doesn't surprise me that, he, that, that they're sort of getting up there. Um, Philippe, he's just a quality strike, running. So you know what can you say? Um, top of the uh, top of the table again. What do you think in terms of uh, West Canberra Wanderers though? Like this, this. Like I said, first time they haven't been in the top four since after round one. There, I think it's two or three losses in a row now for them as well. So, what do you think they can do to sort of stop the uh, stop the downward spiral? I think they they went for a, at the start of the season. I think early had them sort of uh, ticking quite well, and especially into that sort of middle 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 phase. But I think other teams have sort of come into form. Um, some of the big guns have sort of started to tick a little bit and uh, started to fire around them. Um, I think Uli's been uh, struggling a little bit with one or two injuries, um, which has hampered his selection. Um, so I think that, um, you know, I think when he gets his players back and, and they're settled again, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, West Canberra have always been um, competitive. Um, but again, I think coming up against the big guns, I think come the end of the season, I think, um, you know, the uh, stronger teams with the stronger squads are starting to uh, show a little bit now. Yeah, and there's not long left to go. That means there's a massive, uh, going to be a massive race for that sort of fourth and 
for that sort of top four between seventh place and and uh looks like second place now if uh if tigers end up breaking away but we'll discuss that a little bit later next up we've got canberra olympic against monaro panthers three to heggy crawford with the goals for olympic dominici woods and ulrich with a dramatic 96 yeah. minute winner you saw that one on facebook yeah uh, was- big <laughs> big win for monaro of course as a pulse them above Olympic with that dramatic last-minute winner for Ulrich. Uh, this win also leaves them only two points off the uh, top four, which is huge for them. Olympic will be shattered with the loss in the last seconds. Anyone is in that moment in time. But the loss does put them down to seventh, but they're only a win off the top four. So they're still in it with a shout. And let's not forget they're only two weeks off that, um, two weeks away from, um, prior to that, you know, great five one victory over Canberra Croatia, and they didn't play last week either. So maybe that sort of um, hampered their momentum a little bit. But that's that's what happens with uh, the wet weather. What, what did you think about this one, Paul? I think it was it was actually a really really uh, tight game. To be fair, um, Aegi looked um, yep. sharp throughout, and he was a, he was a massive threat um, throughout the game. I actually watched uh, quite a bit of this game um, on Bar TV. Um, so I think um, the late the late goal, like from any coaching yeah. position, is 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 so painful, like so painful. Um, but I actually think that overall, over the ninety, probably Monaro probably edged it um, possession wise, um, quality possession. I think that Olympic looked pretty good on the break, um, and they're quite a young team. They're they're quite a young team, and for quite a young team to be where they are at the moment within striking distance of the four. Um, I think uh, Robbie's doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, and I think that they've uh, demonstrated that in some of their performances. So um, I, I, I think, you know, Olympic are very, very healthy. I think there's probably more expectations on Monaro and Frank um, after what's, what was a really, really sort of uh, difficult start. I don't think you'll mind me saying that. It was quite a difficult and challenging start for for Monaro, but again, they, they're starting to pick points up. And um, yeah, it's quite tight. That sort of uh, third and fourth slot is really tight at the minute. Yeah, it certainly looks interesting. And Katnak said in uh, his interview with me that with a young squad, you're bound to get just a little inconsistency, but it's safe to say that inconsistency wasn't an issue today. It was just two very, very even teams. And mm. like you mentioned, it was it just came down to the wire and on, you know, on those... Uh, on those rainy days on th- synthetic uh, stuff like that can happen. Uh, mm. Before we move on, though, I just wanted to ask about Monaro. What you mentioned, how they sort of had a slow start. They're coming to the f- to the four now. Mm. Did you think? And they have lost a few players as well in that process. Did you think, in terms of for Frankie, it was just about getting that um, that cohesiveness together? Because a lot of these players. I know, I know they've um, some of the players they have relied on have been there for a while, but a lot of the, a lot of these players, mm. you know, just came in this season. Yeah, I think that um, any team that's going to compete has to have uh, sort of a team cohesiveness and a, um, a good attitude. And I think that um, you know, I think one or two of the younger players that have come into the Monaro team have really, really stood up. Um, you know, I think Sam rossbacken has been uh, actually been one of their standout players. Yeah, he's been um, so key in terms like those first few matches, especially yeah. where 
he what he was playing fullback, but they didn't have anyone to do that sort of the, all the defensive work and the defensive mm. running. And then by the third or fourth match, once they put him in, you could see a massive difference. He's been huge in them. What, what they yeah, have. and he and he brings energy, and he and and you know he's you know what I saw the other day. You know he's he's all over the place, and you know I think with uh, sort of uh, Tom sort of trying to dictate play a little bit behind him. I think that, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've got quality, um, you know, along with uh, one or two of the other teams in there. And I think that, um, you know, if, if the atmosphere is right and the, and the players are gelling, I think, you know, it makes such a difference. And next up, we have Belconi United 2, Tuggeron United 0, Crescus and Adrian McCall with the goals. Belconi United have... One again, so this makes it two wins in a row for them. The reason why I mentioned that is, of course, because last week that was their first victory since round five when they beat Canberra Croatia. So this might be the catapult for sort of for them moving forward in terms of their form. But uh, this was also the catapult for them because this win takes them into the top four mm. for the first time since round 10 as well. So that's also important for them. Another tough day at the office for Tuggy Zoe. Another tough loss, which now puts them 11 points at the bottom of the MPL1 ladder. Everyone already said it was going to be tough for them now, Paul, but 11 points with seven matches or something remaining, including the catch-up. Um, yeah, if, if you were a coach in this position, how would you sort of uh, deal with it? Because they would need sort of a... Unfortunately for them, they would need like a perfect end to the season with not just that, yeah. they would need others. They would need others falling as well. Yeah. I mean, what, what I've seen of Tuggeron on, and again, you know, I'm a Southsider, so I've probably uh, caught one or two of their games, um, is that they've, they've actually competed. Yeah, they have. That's, every game they've played. That's what's interesting, yeah. And, and, you know, normally in these situations, it seems sort of left behind and a long way behind. But actually, Tuggeron on in a points basis, they're actually quite a way behind. In a competitive situation, they're actually not that far off. And, you know, they've probably lacked that goal scorer. Um, they've created opportunities. Um, you know, throughout the season, they've created opportunities. Um, and, it's, and, you know, it's, it's a really difficult situation for uh, Mitch and the guys at the moment. They've just got to keep, keep working hard, keep doing what they do. You know, if they pick a, pick up a, a couple of wins, suddenly that momentum can actually shift very, very quickly. So, um, and we know that they're actually competitive. So, um, you know, good luck to them and, and hopefully they'll compete moving forward. Yeah, like I mentioned, I guess just the issue, you, you've definitely nailed the head in terms of their competitiveness. Of course, we go back to those six draws in a row before that. And then the majority of their losses, bar the one to West Canberra and Canberra Croatia, were only by like one goal. But yeah. I guess I, I mentioned the issue for them is they need a sort of a perfect run, even if they do get a few wins together, mm. is the fact that the and that they would need others to lose and at the moment mm. it just seems like Canberra Croatia so it seems like Olympic are in good form Gagala are in good form Belco started to get a few wins together as well so it just seems like momentum isn't exactly shifting mm. their way so best of yeah. luck to them in terms of Belcon United though what, what what do you make of them this season they started very very strong mm. uh, but like I mentioned they've only gotten two wins now and they didn't get a win before that since round five sort of that mix between um, the youth and experience there mm. at a 
Belcon and United. What do you make of uh, Fab Michelli's team from what you've seen or heard this season? Well, I think that they, um, as you say, they started pretty well. But again, similar to sort of uh, um, Worden, I think that, you know, Belconnen were actually quite a, a new a, a new group of players um, to a certain extent. It actually blended the younger players into, uh, you know, along, along with one or two of the more experienced players. So for some of these guys, it's actually their first exposure. Um, so again, you know, that sort of inconsistency sort of to be expected a little bit. Um, but they, the, the, the chances they took the other day, you know, they took the chances really well. Um, so if they're going to, you know, if they're steep, if, if, if they keep taking the chances um, like they did at the start of the season, um, you know, they're going to be competitive. But I think they sort of got that start and then um, drifted off a little bit like sort of Warden have. And, uh, you know, while one or two others are sort of picking up that little bit of momentum in the middle part. So, but they're in there. Yeah, and that, and that was something... You, you sort of said it there. That was something they were struggling for. I think it was around the time where they drew with Tuggeranong, um, where they were creating a lot of chances, but they weren't able to finish it. So now it seems like they're, they're starting to become a little more efficient in mm. front of goals again. All right, next up, we have uh, the big match in Canberra on the weekend. 2-0 to Tigers FC over Canberra Croatia. Golevsky with both the goals. Huge mm. win for the Tigers. Uh not only is this huge because this is the first time that Tigers have beat Canberra Croatia in, I think, a few competitive fixtures, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what Russ told me. Uh, but in saying that, though, now they are on top of the league. And not only are they on top of the league, Paul, they have two matches mm. in hand. That is absolutely yeah. crucial for them. If they can get those, if they can win those two matches in hand, uh, mm. then they yeah. wouldn't have too much left. They would be, you would think, favourites for the league, as in the mm. minor premiership. For those uh, of you who are wondering um, in what specific instance I'm talking about, so yeah, so Ryan mm. Grogan's fate, ha- uh, sorry, Ryan Grogan's team have the fate completely in their hands. Mm. Um, better performance today though, uh, on Saturday though, from sorry, on Sunday though, from Canberra Croatia compared to those previous two meetings. Don't forget they're coming off two. 5-1 losses back to back against Gungalan and Canberra Croatia. So defensively a lot more solid. They stopped those breaks coming, those quick breaks coming through. Mm. Of course, they're all, uh, they, they were always good going forward in that regard. They weren't able to score one though, but let's not forget Tigers. Uh, defensively is probably what is probably one thing they're underrated for, I would say, mm. this season. Uh, obviously, they started the season a bit shaky, but once they got into gear, they haven't uh, conceded too many. I'll have to bring that up for the next show. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of Canberra Croatia, that means it's three losses in a row now, which is sort of unfamiliar ter- territory for them with mm. uh, considering the last their successful last few seasons. A lot to unpack here, Paul. What, what did you make of it? Um, well, I think, um, I mean, I'd, again, I, I watched some of the game. Um Camera Croatia actually again had quite a lot of possession. Um, they, they 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 controlled the game for big parts, but again, they have the last couple, haven't they? Yeah, and you know, Tigers, the speed at which Tigers actually move um, through transition into sort of uh, attack, and the speed that they actually move the ball, um, probably their man Gungalin, um, who played very very fast transitional um, sort of football. Um, was probably the, the, the difference. I think that, um, you know, you can't, <laughs> we've been in situations like this before, haven't we, where one team sort of, we think one team's actually sort of, uh, we say it's in their hands to lose, but then uh, Canberra Croatia 
um, or in the past sort of Belconnen have actually reeled them in um, before the end of the season. But um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't. Um, they'll have a big say before over the next few weeks. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but yeah, Tigers are in pole position. Yeah, and as, as, as a coach, how would you sort of, how would you, what, what, what would you be saying to the boys in this moment in time? You've got fade in your hands, two matches left to play in terms of catch ups, and then you could be possibly looking at eight points ahead of uh, a Canberra Croatia team who you know when they can get clicking again, they're going to mm-hmm. be your right, they're going to be one of your main rivals come finals time. Yeah, I think that um, Ryan's just got to keep them grounded. I think massively. I think that's that's the thing probably for uh, that's probably the hardest thing is actually keeping them grounded and keeping doing what they do well. Um, and if they if they execute how they've been executing, then you can't look past them. But again, pressure is a strange thing. You know, pressure is a very strange thing, and expectation then becomes a very strange thing. So yeah, and. That actually sort of uh, leads me to, and not only that, they're also going to be facing a team that's just in form as them in terms of Gungala United. So it's going mm. to be interesting, actually, in that regard, which we'll get onto uh, right now. Actually, let's get straight into those previews for next week. Let's start with Belcon United and uh, Canberra Olympics, Saturday, 31st of July, 3 p.m. from McKellar Park. This should be a very interesting one. Mm. Um, of course, Belco just got back in the top four. Uh, Olympic coming off a loss, but it was a very, very narrow, narrow one in the dying seconds of the match. I'm actually going to say an Olympic victory here. I think just the way they're going to set up against Belconian United with their pace, with everything they can do, with considering how efficient they've been. Mm. I was about to say a draw, but I think I'm going to go with an Olympic one. How about, and uh, Michael says a Belco one. How about you, uh, Paul? I'm probably I'm probably going to go with the Olympic as well. I think like what I saw the other day from the two teams, um, I think the speed, um, the speed and strength of uh, Olympic, and bear in mind as well they they know the way to the net. Um, if they get those opportunities, I think they'll probably um, probably just outgun Belconnen. I think Belconnen may may sort of sit back and look at the break and sort of uh, try and um, manipulate possession a little bit, um, but. You know, Olympic have got goals in them. And um, we've seen that over the last few weeks. Um, you know, even losing 3-2, you know, they've got, they had goals in them and probably had another couple of chances where they'd say they were probably hard done by. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably uh, edge with an Olympic uh, victory. And next up, we have Monaro Panthers, West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, July 31st, 5.30pm from Riverside Stadium over in Queanbeyan. Look... I, I'm probably going to go with the Monaro Panthers victory here. It won't be, it, it'll be very close. I think close to what people think. It just doesn't seem like momentum's on West Canberra's side and Monaro finally seem like they're going to build them that momentum. And not only with the momentum, you can see with that last minute goal, they're sort of mm. finding the ways to win, which they weren't mm. able to do at the start of the season. They weren't able to, sort of pull it out uh, in in the moment that they weren't leading mm. by a certain amount. So I'm going to go with the Monaro one here. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I'm fi- I, I quite fancy Monaro um, this weekend. Um, and I think for similar reasons, I think just the momentum. And I think when teams find a way to win, um, you know, they, 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 they get that get that impetus. And I think that um, 
you know, Uli's got to sort of turn around because one thing that actually um, Ward and I are doing at the moment is scoring. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Monaro has probably, you know, found the back of the net quite quite well this last weekend. Um, they'll be on a high because of a last-minute winner. They'll have trained well this weekend, uh, this week. So, yeah, I think probably uh, Monaro will edge that one. And the next one is an interesting one. Gangal United against Tigers FC, Sunday, August 1st, 3 p.m. at AS Grassfield 2. I think this is the one that's going to be on Bar TV Sport, commentated by Russ and Steve Forshaw. Very interesting one here. I'm going to go with the... People might consider it an upset, but I'm going to go with the draw here. I I know the Tigers are in very good form, but so are Gungahlin so as well. They've found a way to win. They've been very efficient in front of goals. Their match against Canberra-Croatia was very, very impressive uh, with what they did on the break. For me, it's going to be interesting to see who takes possession in this one because Gungahlin yeah. have found... Even though, even though Gungahlin naturally keep the ball maybe more than Tigers... Um, but they've 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 proved that they can play both sides of the ball in that regard. So, um, but history would say that Gungahlin would uh, take control of the ball. But I'm going to go for a draw in this one, and I think there might be a couple of goals in it as well, despite mm. how well they've been defensively, especially Gungahlin. I forgot to mention how much they've improved defensively. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I think um, you said this one's a really, as you said, I think this one's a really difficult one to pick because both teams. Although, as you say, Gungalin sort of have uh, probably a team that, that historically have been yeah. uh, more comfortable in possession, I think that both teams have actually played quite similar styles. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see who actually um, takes responsibility for looking after the ball. Um, if, if neither team decide to do that, it could actually be quite a high-scoring game. Um, and I would expect... I reckon it could go either way, and it could be probably a 4 3 Next up, uh, last up, actually, we've got Canberra Crash against Tuggeron United, Sunday, August 1st, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Uh, we've mentioned it before. This is a probably a must-win again for Tuggeron United. We've said that for the last couple of weeks, but it's really getting to that crunch time as well. And to be fair to them... Considering the momentum hasn't exactly been go- going Canberra Croatia's way, maybe this is the best time for Tuggeron United to face Canberra Croatia. In saying that, though, I'm in saying that though Canberra Croatia do have the upper hand against Tuggies at home. At home, anyway, I know away from home, uh, Croatia actually haven't been able to get too many wins against Tuggies, but Croatia are at, ha- are at home, and I think uh, they'll break their three-match duck. But in saying that, though, like I said. They're not in the best of form, so maybe this is the best time for Tuggies to play Canberra Croatia. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I think um, if uh, Canberra Croatia get the early goal, yeah, I think Tuggeron will be in trouble. I think uh, Tuggeron will set up that they're, they'll be physical. I think it'll be it'll be very very combative. Um, I think um, Canberra Deakin obviously have the uh, the quality all over the field. I think, but certainly Tuggeron won't roll over. I think the the vulnerability for Tuggeron is that they haven't been scoring many. So um, they can't let Camera Croatia get away from them early. Um, If they do, I think um, Camera Croatia will punish them. Hello, everybody. Back with our MPLW segment. Jeremy McGahn joining us. Jeremy, how have you been, mate? And I appreciate it considering considering you're a little bit sick, but like we said off air, it seems like you're sick all the time now. 
I know, right? It's okay. It's a Canberra thing when the when the winter comes. Every time everyone um is under the weather. Michael is sick today, right? So hopefully, hopefully you'll get better, Michael. I'm 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 okay. Just the the voice just sounds a little bit um a little bit sexier, I will say. Um, but yeah, good to see you. It's only been 24 hours since we were together last night. I'll tell you what, a whole day of work and it feels like it has it's been longer than 24 hours, I'll tell you that. I was I was off, so to me it's like it was just this morning. <laughs> it's, it's like 12 hours to you. All right, let's get straight into it, shall we? MPLW. Let's start with the only Saturday match, Jeremy. Belcon United 12-0 against Wagga City Wanderers, Bomford with, with two goals, Backhouse with a hat trick. Price with a goal, Ewan with a hat-trick, Carnegie with a goal, Ryan with a goal, and McGlashan with a goal. Huge win for Belcon United, not just in terms of the scoreline. However, it's important for them as they do now stand above Canberra Croatia on goal difference. So uh, the reigning champions, of course, do have a match in hand, though. Michaela Thornton was out due to the suspension of cumulative yellow cards for this one. So... Leah Carnegie got the captain's armband uh, for the first time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in this one. And she also capped off a goal. Uh, Riley Ewan was the star of the show, scoring a hat-trick, creating a lot of opportunities and havoc down that right left wing, especially in the first half. Uh, I'm not sure what her assist numbers would be, but they, they, they've got to be decent from what I saw from that first half. Uh, tough day, once again, at the office for Wagga, especially with the, um, you know, the late time changes for... For games, that never helps. You know, it never helps with player availability as well in that regard. And like we've mentioned quite a few times, Jeremy, unfortunately, Wagga City Wanderers just don't match up well against Belcon United. It just seems to be that team that always gets the better of them in, you know, unfortunately not in the, uh, not in flattering terms in terms of the scoreline. Yeah, exactly. And and like you say, it's hard for Wagga to, to travel to Canberra in, in general times. It's, even harder on a Saturday, even harder when it's Saturday at 5 p.m. instead of being the usual 3 o'clock. Um, you know, from what I understand, um, they couldn't even side a reserve team uh, in the game before. Uh, so it was a mix of their reserve and their first team player playing against Belconnen. And, and, you know, it's, I guess it sort of shows those girls who, who don't play always together when you start playing against a team that's as, as good and as reckless as Belconnen. Um, you played straight away and Belconnen, you know, played well, um, didn't wait for anything, just... When, when all out, all guns blazing, attacking from the get-go uh, and made sure that they were going to look after that goal difference that might be um, such an important factor. Uh, at the end, like you say, Rally Ewan, uh, great, Talia Backhouse. I mean, not a lot of players can uh, can be proud of scoring a hat-trick in 14 minutes. Um, so a lot of a lot of positive for Michael Zakowski um, and his team. I think it was... Uh, Tactic-wise, for set pieces, it was funny for me to see their um, their lineup in uh, in corner kick. It's something that, and I told Michael, it's something that a uh, a team in in French football in Ligue 1 was doing about 15 years ago, and we are calling that the caterpillar when you got the five players lining up just on the edge of the box before the corner kick is is shot, and then they all come everywhere, and that's what I saw. Uh, all we can, um, Michael and, his, and these girls doing, uh, which is always good to see. You know, you got to have weapon on every single um, situation and having proper set pieces tactic uh, would always help. And mind you, they scored, I think they scored 
five on corner kick this weekend, so it, it works um, well for them. Uh, as far as far as Waga, you know, the I think the same usual standard, right? Sammy Hems, um, she probably she considered twelve, but she probably saved another ten, yeah, um, because because she is how good as she is, uh, and it must be heartbroken, you know, for those girls to travel and uh, and concede that much and have to go home. But I'm sure that Sam Gray is you know, working on their development and, and you know, that will have, he'll have the words uh, that matter. You know, they don't go to Belconen to uh, necessarily get the point. They go to Belconen to get that experience, to see how those teams are playing um, and to grow themselves. Um, obviously, the all the positives are on the on the Blue Devil side for for this weekend because um, they are forcing now Canberra Croatia to to not being able to make any mistakes because with the goal difference, they are back up. Uh, and if Canberra makes a mistake, Canberra Croatia, excuse me, makes a mistake, um, of course, the Blue Devils are going to be here to, uh, to pick it up. And we mentioned the Belconi United and how they usually get the better of uh, Wagga City Wanderers in these sorts of matches. But Michaela Thornton wasn't playing. And this is something, it's probably something I should ask Matty actually, because he's the one that always talks about. It. He says, when, you know, when, when it comes to some of the big matches and Michaela Thornton is like marked out of the game or something, you know, who's going to step up? Now, I know. With all due respect to Wagga, this wasn't one of those matches. But Michaela Thornton, usually always a presence there. She wasn't there today due to the suspension. So do you think they sort of showed what they can do when Michaela Thornton isn't around? Yeah, look, we, we said that last year and we're saying the same thing this year. It is a young team. It's a team that's rebuilding. Uh, you know, Michaela has been here for a while. Sammy Price has been here for a while. Uh, but then there's a lot of players around there that haven't been uh, in the Belconen system for, for that long. And so they have to learn how to play together. Uh, we've seen Sam Price and, and Sarah Johnston stepping up quite well this weekend in the midfield. Uh, a lot of opportunity came, came through those two. Uh, Price has a has a beautiful assist um, over the in behind the defense for UN second goal, um, and I think Johnston has a couple of assists and a couple of opportunities as well. Uh, so we've seen them two stepping up, like you're saying. You know, you're not playing against um, Bisset Hagen and Berkeley. So if you're um, if you don't have Mikala Thornton, it's probably better not to have her against the Oagasetti Wanderers than it would be against um, you know the the Canberra Croatia or the Gungalin of this competition. Uh, but, but yeah, I think they, they're probably also finding their groove, this, uh, this Belconen team and finding the way to, to perform well, regardless who, of who's on the, on the pitch. And, you know, like you, like we talked about um, offline, or well, I, I guess when we were in, in Deacon yesterday during the game, uh, they're only a few weeks away from getting Alexia Forner back and from getting, um, <clears throat> sorry, Nicole Jaluka back. Uh, so having Fournier and Jaluka is going to be um, really, really positive for that team. It's going to be a bit of a headache for the Zakoskis um, because now you have to pick your your best 11, but it's, it's only going to be positive. And, you know, it, like we said, it's better to have um, Mickey Thornton not here this weekend when... Um, it might be easier to win uh, than, than missing out for this coming week, for example. And next up, we have Gungali United, another big a big victory for them, 8-0 over Tuggeron United, Jade Brown, Robertson with two goals, Aitola with two goals, Percival with a goal, Michelle Hamer with a goal, and Ella Brown with a goal. Dominating victory for the Gunners. And most importantly, should help with their uh, with their confidence. They haven't been in the best of form, and we said if they don't, and Maddie stressed it on the show last week, if they don't get win soon, what's going to happen? Um, but they're able to get the victory as well. This is huge for their top four chances. They're only three points off 
that top four now and CUA are currently in fourth place. So three points off CUA. Tough day at the office for Tuggies. They're up against a determined gunner side like we mentioned. Uh, they need to get stuck in points if they want to make that top four. Uh, shout out though, that uh, young keeper, Amy, I didn't get her last name, but uh, she uh, made some great saves from all accounts and and did really well. So that's uh, great to see that they've got some uh, keeping options because of course we've seen Sophie Bowie the last couple of games playing goals and she's done really well. But like we mentioned last week on the show with Maddie, um, the problem is, if you use Sophie Bowie, then that's one of your main attacking outlets in a match, you know, gone. So uh, despite how well she can do in goal. So it's good to see that they have backups for uh, Rolf. And I'm assuming Rolf is still injured as well. Hopefully that's nothing too serious in that regard. What do you uh, think of this one, uh, Jeremy? Yeah. Amy Wigan is the, the goalkeeper who, uh, who stepped up uh, and, and she did beautifully. And I think one player that uh, might remember her is, uh, none other than Michelle Heyman. Uh, I think um, Michelle had probably four or five opportunities to score. She probably won't like that we mentioned that, uh, but she just couldn't. Pass, she just couldn't put one uh, past Wigan. And it, it's not like they were um, they were bad opportunities. You know, we know the talent that Heyman has, and we know that she knows how to pick corners. Uh, but Amy Wigan just had some pretty fantastic reflexes uh, all along the game, and her ability to go and get the ball in the top corner, in the bottom left, uh, her, her, the um, her speed of, of diving uh, was was really impressive. You know, this this goalkeeper we've only seen once this season in NPLW. It was already um, against Gongalin during uh, during round two of the games. Uh, but yeah, she's definitely making her mark. I mean, Turganong looks like they have uh, a lot of good goalkeepers, so it's very good for a uh, for a program like uh, like they are. Uh, the the score sheet, you know is severe is I think a bit harsh because when you look at the game uh, as usual with Tugrenong, right? There's, there's a very good mentality. There's good fighting spirits. Um, there are some opportunities up front that just um, don't end up, you know, the last pass, the last couple of passes just aren't executing um, the, the perfect way. But we know what they can do. We also know what Gangalin can do in a good days. And they were definitely in a good day. This weekend, the, the, the passing play was, was smooth. Uh, we've seen a lot of ball going through DeMarco, going through Aitolu, uh, going through Heyman. Um, Jane Brand, Jay Brand scored straight away, which is good for her, um, for her confidence. But it's also a player that, um, as you know, um, will soon enough be out of that um, program since she's, um, and congratulations to her, since she's going to the United States uh, as long as Bridget Sender. Um, so, so it's, as well as Bridget Sender, sorry. So it's, it's important for them to score those goals because we keep saying that they needed Michelle Heyman before she was here because they were a little bit sort of shorter player and now they're going to lose another two starters uh, in their lineup. They have to get the points where they can get the points. They're going to have a, a tough week playing twice this week. Um, so it's definitely going to be good for their confidence that they were able to score um, eight goals and that they were able to just keep attacking, keep attacking and to to keep the best of the position against a team, as we say always, uh, that is not very easy to maneuver. Very dense defense. Um, no, you know, even the, the best team of the competition didn't necessarily always score eight eight goals against Tagranong. So um, all credits to uh, Diego Iglesias and his girls. Yeah, no, and it's, it's and the reason why we mentioned the confidence is because they are playing Canberra Crash this weekend, like you mentioned. So maybe uh, the fixture list and uh, avoiding Croatia before they got a victory, maybe it might help them heading in. It might help their uh, chances. That we'll, we'll preview that a little bit later. But let's go to a match that always seems to be um, a very close one, isn't it? Uh, between West Canberra Wanderers and Canberra Olympic. 
2-1 to Canberra Olympic on the day. Ashley Sykes with two goals. Sophia Chavera with the goal for West Canberra Wanderers. Very important win for Olympic as this puts them in, in third place. Uh, the podium place, as you called it, uh, Jeremy, on commentary uh, yesterday. Leapfrogging CUA in that process by one point. Ash Sykes, two goals, also makes some ground on, on uh, Brittany Palombi. That means she's only trailing uh, by two now. Uh, so that means Ashley Sykes has 18 goals. The pick of the bunch for me was the second uh, Ashley Sykes goal where Heather Garrett put a beautiful ball uh, over the top and in classic Ashley Sykes fashion, gets on the end of the ball, runs it around the keeper, puts it in the back of the net. So vintage Ashley Sykes there. And Nicole's back side, uh, Nicole Begg's side also played a back four on the weekend. So it seems like they've reverted to a back four for the time being. In terms of West Canberra, uh, Wanderers, though, they found themselves trailing early. Uh, it's it's always hard to combat and come back when you've conceded earlier like that, especially in quick su- succession. Add that to the fact that West Canberra have not been able to defeat Olympic this season. I believe that's three straight defeats now to Canberra Olympic that they've had. Uh, but they did get the goal back, like I mentioned. And from what I've been told, it was a bit of a scrappy second half as probably that West Canberra uh, goal can attest for. Uh, what did you think of this one, Jeremy? Yeah, I think you're you're nipping in a bit. I think West Canberra, for some reason, has found the team that they're struggling to beat uh, in in Olympic. And, you know, we know how West Canberra likes to play um, these days, at least. You know, they're playing a little bit more defensive, a little bit more uh, dense in the in the middle of the park, leaving space on the wings, and they're trying to play um, in counter-attack using the, the speed of, uh, of Sofia Chavera or the size of um, of Sarah Whitfield. This weekend, when, you, when you're going to concede twice in 20 minutes, it's always going to be um, a little bit hard. Um, I think, you know, every time you play against Ash Sykes, as we keep saying it, it's 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 a hard player to maneuver. They're playing quite low defensively. So you would think that they've done the job to make sure that um, Arshak doesn't have the room to be able to go there, but then she scores on a corner kick. And then that second goal, that pass from Heather Garyok is just, you know, obviously shows the talent that um, Heather Garyok has and how, what she can do with that left foot. Um, Arshak, it's now 18 goals and all 18 of them are inside the box. I would almost go as far as saying that all 18 of them are, in, are very close to the six yard box. Um, but yeah, she, she is definitely uh, that kind of goal scorer and, uh, and she has that talent that she can put it in the back of the net when she's in that zone, which is, which is great to have for, uh, for Nicole Begg, I'm sure. Uh, as far as the, the team Olympic sided, it's great to see um, Ella Hemmings back into the starting lineup uh, in that back four. I think it's probably one of the reasons why they can go back to back four uh, because why they didn't have without um, Emmings is the, the pace uh, and Ella is definitely quite fast uh, and it's great to see Courtney Harles coming up in the midfield thanks to that because she can bring um, you know a little bit more physicality and she's got some uh, she's got a, a great right foot and she's very good at picking passes the corner kick is hers uh, on, on that first goal as well so it's it's a team uh, that is progressing well uh, for West Canberra yeah, I think you know it's it's a bit of Lack of luck at the beginning. It's a bit of lack of focus on that second goal from Ash Sykes. Uh, but it's not to say that Olympic doesn't deserve their victory because in the first half, West Canberra barely gets close to Aurelia Haynes. Uh, and in the second half, that goal is um, like it's, she needed to do a lot to be able to score that goal. Sofia Chavera, she was in the middle of six players and she fought for the ball and she was um, 
she was you know fortunate to sort of pull it in but also i guess took advantage of the passivity of the of the olympic defense uh, but besides that it was it was really hard for the wanderers to actually um to actually achieve to bring the ball properly towards the, the other zone uh, it was a little bit scrappy uh they, they have a little bit of work to do i think to be able to um to hold on that fourth place to me you know out of the 40 teams that are playing over there west Canberra is the team that is getting the point um the the scrappiest way i guess they really have to put up the big fight every time to be able to get a point or three points uh, and i think towards the end of the season that might be costly for them and in terms of Canberra olympic do you think they can sort of push and solidify themselves in the top four now i think you know the the comeback of heather garriok um, is just That's so important for them. Yeah, of course, you know, it's, it settles in the midfield, it calms everyone down. Uh, she obviously has um, a wealth of experience. Uh, she knows how to play the player during the game. Uh, her, her, only, you know, her only presence uh, really organizes the team around her well. Uh, and you got young players like Tiana Miro or Anna um, Van den Bruch, who, you know, who are younger than Heather and who can just learn from her and, and, and get better for it. This weekend, they play with our racial Hardwick. Uh, so when you have Hardwick back into good form and you have Garriok and you have uh, Sykes in front and Miro is on top of her form, that's a lot of talent and that's a lot of firepower um, for Olympic. And now they've, um, they've got their centre-back uh, back as well. So, you know, I think, I think it's a team that can definitely do a lot of damage. They can do a lot of damage on set pieces when uh, when Ali Cook plays. She wasn't here this weekend either. I think Ali Cook, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they they have a solid team and they can bring the danger uh, from a lot of different areas. And I think in in the games that are going to matter, uh, they are going to be a, a hard team to to get points against. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see how they manage that uh, that third round. They're in the perfect position right now uh, it's just a matter of of keeping it and, and of you know keeping getting the good results against the team that has struggled to get results in um, earlier this season last but not least we have canberra united academy against canberra croatia four nil to canberra croatia grace gill with two goals nikaias with an own goal and krista hagen with a goal in the 83rd minute as well very impressive impressive display from the reigning champions uh, we said it a few times in uh, comms, Jeremy, that they had something to prove in this game. Of course, Canberra United Academy are the only team that has that uh, Canberra Croatia have yet to defeat this season. It was a draw and a win for Canberra United Academy in both of those games. So a bit of their bogey team before now. Obviously, they put that to rest today. Grace Gill was the star of the show. Two goals and essentially forced through the uh, the third goal. It wasn't it was an own goal, though. Um in that regard, but it was from a free kick, if I'm not mistaken, from a uh, Grace Gill on that one uh, for the Nikias own goal and Krista Hagen's goal, by the way, brilliant technique, uh, fantastic finish. CUA, on the other hand, they just weren't able to sort of uh, sc- score early and capitalize that. That's what they did well both times against Canberra Croatia, score in the first 10 minutes and even talk about the last time in the uh, first three minutes or something something it wasn't and they took advantage and were able to go from there. They weren't able to do the same. And yeah, unfortunately for them, it just didn't happen today, but they have some positives to take out of it. For example, in the second half, I thought they as a collective defended uh, a lot better. Uh, They were a lot quicker to the ball. And I thought they also did a good job of sort of trying to mark out Brittany Palombi from the game. She didn't have the usual game that she usually does. So 
And and that a lot of that has to go to uh, Eliza J Norris, who I thought was outstanding. She was CUA's best player on the day. Constantly went to win the ball back. Uh, her timing was great. Uh, some of the distribution as well when she started plays down the wing was really good. But if she can keep performances like that, she's got a bright future. I thought she was really, really good. So there are some positives there to take from CUA. And they are still in the top four, though, uh, in terms of uh, their own uh, top four chances at the moment. So, Jeremy, what would you think of uh, this one? Yeah, solid performance by uh, by Nick Bosnich and, and Grace Gill and, and all the Canberra Croatia team. I think I think like you like you just said, they they took the game the way they should take it. They know what happened in the last couple of confrontation and they had something to prove. They also had something to prove to themselves and and they had to to show maybe their coach and and themselves that um, they're able to handle a team that is supposedly younger faster and with more endurance uh, and the way they started the game was just was just the best way to play against um the academy you know whenever we call the academy or we watch them uh, we see sofia christopherson getting a lot of touches we see um nikita perry getting a lot of touches they were almost uh, mia for the whole game um you know i don't think ali hinton had a save to do for for 90 minutes so you know croatia did what they had to do uh, we we say it every week, but that midfield, Krista Hagen, Jenny Bissett, and Jamie Barclay is very very strong. When you uh, when you add the work rate of an Olivia Fogacci, uh, who's always um, defending and who's always trying to come and recover the balls, it just it's just really hard. Whenever the academy thought they had a bit of space, you had two players running at them. Um, Rhiannon Fensom and Cecilia Matics in the back were just yeah. fantastic as usual, always able to cut the ball properly, always anticipating the ball the right way. Um, you know, Cecilia Matic had a few uh, <laughs> a few fouls with all against her that I thought were a little bit harsh. And I'm sure she, I mean, we saw that she felt, she felt the same way. Uh, but it showed, you know, how strong the a stronger team it is. Um, yeah, like the only player that uh, maybe wasn't as good as we've seen just because we are used to so much from her was uh, Rene Juna, who was a little bit, um, a little bit discreet on that game. Uh, and Brittany Palombi, you know, I, I feel like she's played the way she played almost every game, except that um, every other game she ends up with the ball in the right position at the right time and she puts it in the back of net. Um, and, and this weekend she couldn't because um, EJ Norris was was always here. And I think Talia Hampson had a pretty good game defensively as well. Um, Steph Nikias, if you take off the, the own goal, which is unfortunate, uh, also had a solid um, a solid for a solid game. It was it was just too hard for the academy to get the ball out, and I think at, at the end of the day they get frustrated. Uh, you know, if you can't, they, they want to play football, they want to build from the back, uh, and if you can't do two passes without being under a, a crazy amount of pressure against girls that physically are, are maybe a little bit stronger than you are, um, it's going to be hard to uh, to keep your head up the whole time. We've seen bursts of, of football coming up from Sasha Groh, from Alice Jensen, uh, who are the leaders of this team in the midfield. Uh, but but yeah, it, it was a tough day at the office, I think, for them. And uh, and it was a bit of a reminder of, of how hard it's going to be um, for CUA to play against a team like Canberra Croatia. When they beat them, it took uh, an amazing Chloe Lincoln, who, who was pretty good this weekend as well. Uh, it took a few lucky goals from uh, from the outside of the box. Um, if they aren't able to even reach the box, then how do you score? So I think in that sense, the game plan uh, put on by Nick Bosnich just worked a treat. Um, and it's good to see um, that those two teams are, are gearing up nicely for the end of the season. Yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting uh, finish for both those sides, both competing for their own um 
respective spots in that ladder. There's two very good races in that regard, is there not? Let's get straight into the matches that might once again determine where we uh, are by the end of the season. Let's start with West Canberra Wanderers, Canberra, Croatia, Sunday, August 1st, 12.45 p.m. at, at Melrose Synthetic. Michael saying Canberra, Croatia for this one. I'm going to agree with them. It just seemed, They just seem like a steam train at the moment, especially after that performance against the CUA, against their what was considered their bogey team this season. It's going to be hard to stop Canberra, Croatia. And, and considering that they weren't able to get forward too much in that first half against Olympic, it's going to be probably even harder for them to do uh, the same against Canberra, Croatia. But they are on the home turf. Let's see if they can make that count. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I'll go for uh, Canberra Croatia game um, win as well. Uh, although you know they are going to play twice this week. Uh, the the side side is playing. True. Yeah, they're playing Dongaren midweek, and then they're going to Melrose, and they are not particularly fan of playing on on synthetic. Um, so you never know. You know it, things could things could go wrong. But but as far as the the team forms and and what we've seen on the pitch, it's hard not to pick um, Canberra Croatia. Uh, I think the their power in the midfield is is what it is and. Uh, maybe they don't love playing on the synthetic, but on the synthetic, we'll see even more the technique of the Jenny Bisset, the Britney Palombi, the Grace Gill. Um, so if the if the squad is complete and if they're not too tired from Gangalin, I don't see any other result than a, than a win for the visitors. And here we've got what is probably going to be the most interesting match of the weekend, in my opinion. It's always very close between these two sides. Canberra Olympic, Gangalin United, Sunday, August 1st, 2.15 p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. It's going to be an interesting one. It was a 3-2 win to Olympic last time around. I think Matty Moore and I did that one. I'm going to say... I'm going to go with an Olympic victory. I've been very impressed with them over the last couple of weeks. And in terms of Gungahlin, if the match goes ahead against Canberra, Croatia, if, like most people are predicting that they aren't able to get a victory against Canberra Croatia. What does that do for their confidence heading into this one? That's that, that, that's that, that'll be the question for me, but in saying that it's going to be a very tight matchup and it could be anyone's game, but I think Olympic have a slight edge. They have a lot of the momentum at the moment. Yeah, I'll agree with you there as well. And, and this time I think I'll pick the midweek game as the, as a difference maker, you know, wh- whether they win or lose Gangalin, they're going to leave a lot of energy on that pitch on, on Wednesday night. And, you know, we know how uh, hard it is for a coach to, to have two games in the same week. Uh, where do you put your next training? How do you, uh, you know, where do you find the time to remobilize your group? And if they win against Canberra, Croatia, uh, the Gunners, which we, that we wish for them, um, they're going to be in some sort of an euphoria that is hard to combine come down from uh, and if they lose they might be you know in a bit of a in a bad moral situation which is hard to come back from as well um so yeah i, I think you know olympic is having a, a good a good uh, moment right now and and the squad is playing well um and and i think they they have their chance against gungalin because the the weakest points of the gungalin team this season are exactly where olympic is strong uh, and and that's going to be a hard one to manage for for diego iglesias and this weekend, I believe it's at Bar TV offering, if I'm not mistaken. Tuggeron United against Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, August 1st, 2.30 p.m. at Canbar 201. Interesting kickoff time. Usually, Canbar is always 3 o'clock or 3.15. Um, we'll have the yeah, sun look, for longer. Sorry? We'll have the sun for longer. <laughs> yeah, that and I'm not sure if you've been there, but I haven't been on that comp, that new uh, Neither. gaffold. So there we go. We've, we'll, we'll finally try it out. All right. 
Oh, and Michael said Olympic for the last one, by the way. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tuggies victory. I'm going to go for Tuggies to get their first victory of the season. I think they've shown quite a bit. It's going to be a, it's going to be a close match. It's going to be a lot closer, I think, than their last two matches. Tuggeron have come a long way. We mentioned on the show the last couple of weeks, their defensive uh, shape against the sides that aren't the, uh, the top two or three at the moment. How much they've improved in that regard and going forward as well. It seems like they've found, seemed to find their, uh, their keeper as well when Sophie Rolf isn't there as well, which means Bowie can go up front. Yeah, I'm going to go for Tuggy's victory. Michael says a Wagga victory. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm saying a Wagga victory as well. I mean, it is now or never kind of thing for Tugrenong uh, because it's the team that's the closest to them as far as um, as far as skills and as far as the ladder to start with. Um, and we've seen a lot of a lot of improvement. Uh, I, I still think that there, there's an edge that Waga has against uh, Togonong and it's maybe that mobility in the midfield uh, and, and the ability to score when it matters. You know, Togonong has, has struggled uh, as far as their clini- clinicality goes. Sorry. Um, so, so yeah, I, I see Waga getting it, but I see a, a very interesting game and I know we're going to have a lot of fun um, calling it because there's a lot of talent in, in both of those squads and, uh, you know, the, the ladder being what it is, we didn't cover a lot of those ones of those two teams uh, live, but it's great to see them playing against each other uh, because it's a good way to see, you know, players like Amy Wigan, uh, player like Zoe Terry on the other side, um, Kelly Cameron. There's a lot of uh, solid players that are, that are exciting and that, you know, unfortunately um, this season aren't getting the results that um, their talent uh, deserves to have. Seeing them playing against each other will, uh, will be a great way to, to showcase where those two teams are, are at. And next up, we've got Canberra United Academy against Belconnen United. Sunday, August 1st, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. And 3 p.m. seems to be the time for Hawker Football Centre as well now. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the Belco one. Michael's going with the Belco one as well. I think, yeah, I just think Belco showed something on the weekend. They didn't have Michaela Thornton. They showed what they can do without her as well. Backhouse scores scored quite a bit. Ewan scored quite a bit. They're all seeming to find their... Um, all seem to find their groove or not to say that they haven't but you know they seem to be whenever there's questions asked they seem to find it within themselves as we saw against Gungala United in the last minute as well so there's there's still more elements I think to see of this Belco uh, team how about you Jeremy? Same I think Belconen will, will get that game they're finding their groove they're finding their um, their strength collectively uh, they're finding they're figuring out uh, everyone's strength and weaknesses and how they can help each other uh, as a team to get better and, and they're scoring goals again when it matters which is such an important um, an important touch on corners they are deadly uh, and something that they have on CUA is definitely size uh, so you know bar an extraordinary game from Chloe Lincoln uh, I think it's going to be hard for the academy to uh, to restrain or even stop this uh, this Belkonen armada Thank you very much, as always, Jeremy, for coming on the show. I'll see you midweek, maybe, for the game if it uh, goes ahead. But any last words before you head off? No, thanks for having me. Yeah, midweek, 7 p.m. kickoff at uh, Gungalin Enclosed Oval 2. Uh, so the far pitch at uh, Gungalin Enclosed Oval. And yeah, we're working out with, uh, with Bar TV right now and, and with Brendan uh, how to make sure that this game can be broadcasted and how to make sure that we can uh, call it. And if we do call it, it looks like we're going to be very close to the players uh, and the coach. So Diego, Nick, forgive us in advance for uh, everything we're going to say during the game. <laughs> and see everyone on, on Wednesday. Thanks for having me, Matt. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. MPL2 here. 
Paul Townsley joining me once again. Let's get straight into the action, Paul. All right, let's start with uh, the first match on Saturday. Queanbeyan City 2, Brindabella Blues nil. Keita and Felici with the goals for Queanbeyan City. Big win uh, for the Queanbeyan side. Puts them within five points in ANU and seven points of O'Connor. All three sides, though, do have a game in hand. Let's not forget. And that so that might work in Queanbeyan's favor, but that of course depends on when ANU and O'Connor is played. Because if ANU and O'Connor isn't played till like the end of the season or something, mm. then it's sort of out of Queanbeyan's hands. So we'll have to wait and see in that regard. But Queanbeyan are in a position where they need to keep winning and hope that either of the top two start to drop some points in their race for promotion. Michael Keita once again backed up another strong performance like he has so far this season. And good to see new signing Daniel Felici as well, getting himself on the scoreboard. He seems to have seamlessly fit in at the fullback position there at Queanbeyan City. Another tough day at the office, though, for the Brindies. Not a lot has gone their way so far this season. It seems to be sort of a similar theme we've discussed on the show. But Queanbeyan City have, has been one of those fixtures that has worked well for the Brindies so far this season. And unfortunately for them, uh, this match wasn't one of those fixtures. But what do you think? What do you make of this one, Paul? I mean, again, I, again, um, Brendan and Bella were obviously difficult to beat. And, I, and I've said before, you know, you know, Brenda Bella has struggled a little bit, but they always turn up. You know, they've they've battled and they've been in again. They've been in games. You know, a little bit similar to Tuggeron. You know, that they've they've been in games. They've they've battled well. They've gone down to, you know, late penalties. They've gone down to late, late goals. Um, but again, you know, they'll they've got to keep uh, keep turning up and they've got to keep battling. And um, and again, two 0 against Quimby, and he's not a, you know, no, no. It's, it's not a, <laughs> you know, um, we know that Quimby have got a lot of firepower. Um, so yeah, I think. Um, They've just got to keep going now and um, see if they can pick up one or two results moving moving forward. And what about in terms of uh, in terms of Queanbeyan? This is exactly the result they need, and they we saw ANU uh, drop a couple of points, and they 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 would need to hope that the top two drop some points, but they need to do their bit and uh, keep winning. Mm. I think um, you know, in some respects, a couple of weeks ago, it probably got away from them a little bit. Um, the you know the top two sort of kept on winning. Um, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about the O'Connor victory um, in response to um, the ANU draw, um, which has obviously made the table slightly different again um, in MPL two because it's very very tight. Um, but bear in mind, as you say, that ANU have got O'Connor to play in a catch up. Um, you know, White uh, uh, got White Eagles, um, so outside that you know there's no there's going to be no gimmies um moving forward so you know the top four or five are actually battling away there um and it could be any any four of those five at the end of the day uh, massive uh, result for white eagles uh disappointing result for a new 2-2 draw Beuth and al Nuwasir with the goals for white eagles deans with both the goals for a new massive performance for the eagles uh, they always seem to step up for this matchup against ANU. From all, uh, you know, from all reports, uh, 
uh, the better team in the first half had some really good chances as well, just uh, to bar the ones that they scored. And you picked up their game in the second half, though. So Eagles sort of uh, were forced to sit back and hit on the counter, but they made but they made themselves hard to break down. And so you know they'll be uh, disappointed that they won't. You know they they conceded a penalty which led to uh, ANU's goal and. They'll be uh, disappointed that they didn't come away with all the three points considering the performance that was put in. ANU, though, this draw means that uh, they dropped to second place. Now two points behind O'Connor Knights. Uh, that, on their point of view, they'll be disappointed that they didn't play their best in the first half and it took them a while to get going. And I guess overall for them, Paul, it'll be disappointing for them that they dropped two points. But... As a coach, would you be looking at that and go, well, let's not panic. We've still got two matches to play, one in hand against O'Connor and last match of the season against O'Connor. So even though it's two points the difference, if if they get the results against them, it could be made up. I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. But I think that, again, the the top top four or five is actually quite tight. And I think that... um, I think you were saying you were saying there that um, ANU were disappointed to drop two points. I think probably White Eagles were actually equally as disappointed to drop two points. I think that's how close the actual game was. I think the cheer that went up when they actually scored the equaliser was uh, yeah. um, a very very big uh, relief cheer. Um, to be honest, so I think that um, you know I think White Eagles have got the catch up against um, Quimbian. Um, they've also got uh, O'Connor to play again. Um, and you've got O'Connor. Um, you know, Quimbian are in that mix as well. And, um, you know, and at least two of them have got to travel to Yagali again. I think. So I know I know White Eagles have. So, um, so you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. I think, I think uh, whoever um, comes away with it will have earned it. Yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of weeks. We'll we'll dive more into that on the previews. Uh, next up, we have O'Connor Knights' massive eight 0 victory for them. McCarran with a hat trick, Manda, O'Rourke, Krezic, Misic, and there was also an own goal in terms of Wagga City Wanderers as well. Like I mentioned, immense performance and result for O'Connor Knights, especially with all that's at stake in this title race. Well, what seems like the title race between them and ANU at the moment. This result means that they lead the table by two points over ANU. And considering the amount of goals they scored in this one, it gives them a healthy lead over them in goal difference, in, yeah. in the goal difference department, which for O'Connor Knights, they were all, I'm pretty sure they were always trailing to ANU on goal difference, uh, mm. or at least for the last month or so that they've been neck and neck uh, anyway. Uh, McCarran once again adding more to his uh, tally. This means this puts him now in double digits, eleven goals for the season. All in all, massive win for O'Connor Knights in the race for promotion. But like I'm sure you're going to mention, Paul, I'm sure they won't be getting ahead of themselves in that regard. They still know there's quite a lot to play for, but very positive win for them nonetheless. Difficult away match for Wagga against sort of a steam steam train of an opponent right now. O'Connor Knights look like look like uh, an absolutely uh, unstoppable force at the moment. Of course, anything can happen on any day, but they really seem in form at the moment. Mm. 
But in terms of Wagga City Wanderers, they've seen these these results have happened to them before. But when they have, they've uh, credit to them. They've 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 dealt with it. They've gone back. They've tried to change something, and then they'll come away with a win like they did against the Brindies or something like that. And they are six on the ladder. Let's not forget. So they they've taken these uh these these sort of losses and they've sort of morphed them into results that more uh, you know results that they would like to see in that regard. What do you think about uh, this result? I think um, Mira obviously uh, got them revved up after the uh, result on the Saturday between uh, Aineo and White Eagles, um, which gave them the opportunity to actually open some light. Um, and it's the first it's the first real light that's uh, um, been available to any of the teams, really, um, especially since that sort of middle part. It's, it's, everybody's been a little bit tight, especially Aineo and O'Connor have been trading punches and um, separated by goal difference. Um and whether you play on the Saturday or the Sunday, I think. Um, so I think that both teams, um, you know, they responded. Um, Dave McCarran, you know, he's he, you know he's scoring goals, um, and that's actually it's probably the only second blowout really in in MPL two this year, really. Um, yeah, that's been too many. The, yeah, on the back of uh, Quimby and um, being White Eagles, and then obviously this one. So. Um, you know, as I say, it's uh, yeah. I think Mira will be smiling at the moment, and um, I think he'll keep them grounded with a view to because uh, they've got some tough fixtures coming up. And again, it's probably in their hands now. It's always good when fate's in your hands. Uh, just ask Tigers FC in that regard. And the last matchup was Ugali against Western Malongolo. It was a three nil victory for Ugali uh, because Western Malongolo forfeited that one. All right, on to the round 16 uh, previews. Let's start with Western Malonglo, Queenbian City, Saturday, July 31st, 2.15 p.m. at Woden Park and closed. Michael says Queenbian for this one. I'm going to say Queenbian as well. I keep referring to the match I first saw. I know it was the start of the season, but that's when Queenbian looked absolutely mm. unstoppable against mm. Western Malonglo. Um and their second one, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't fare as well. Also, but Western Malongolo just uh, of all the matches they seem to play against the big ones, they seem to match up better against the likes of an O'Connor Knights or mm. even an A and U. Uh, but against the Queenian City, it seems to be like Belco against Wagga City Wanderers and MPLW. It just yeah. uh, the recently this haven't been able to match up well in that regard. What do you think mm. about this one, Paul? Yeah, I think um, it's a tough ask for um, um, Western. Um, I mean, obviously, um, probably most of the players will be well-rested um, after a week off, but um, I still think uh, Quimbian will have far too much firepower um, for them at the weekend. Um, and it's, again, it's a must-win game for Quimbian. Uh, if any slip-up now for Quimbian sort of uh, um, puts them in a tricky situation they're then relying on uh, um, everybody else and um, you know they've got to win this in order to rely on themselves to be in that mix and if they do it's sort of a new lease uh, of life for them in the title race which will mm. be important for them because that <laughs> there's no uh, the if hands or buts about it that was that's definitely their uh, goal this season to get promoted mm. as yeah. it is for a lot of uh, the top clubs in MPL too next up we've got Brindabella Blues Canberra White Eagles Saturday July 31st, 3.15 p.m., ANU South Oval. Michael says ANU for this one. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, sorry. 
Michael says Eagles for this one. I'm going to agree and say White Eagles as well. I'm not going to ask you for a prediction on this one, Paul. I'm just going to <laughs> ask you what you think, how you think this one might play out. Like you said, Brindy's always a tough task and pretty close matches from what I remember uh, in these last two fixtures with the Brindy's. Like even one of the matches where White Eagles won, like was it 5-2 or something? 5-3, I think. 5-3. 5-3. There was... There was yeah. a few circumstances that uh, led to that as well. So Brittany's mm. usually always sharp for this picture. Yeah, I mean, we um, hopefully uh, we've got a full squad to pick from um, for probably the first time in four or five weeks um, uh, this weekend. So um, we're hoping that the uh, Melrose Synthetic will suit us um, and suit the style of football that we play. And so hopefully, uh, um, yeah, fingers crossed we've uh, got too much firepower. Um but again, you know, Brindis have given us, you know, the results don't always sort of show, um, you know, how close games are sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've had the, the run this season. But, uh, you know, again, it's a must-win game for uh, White Eagles. You know, they've, they've, they've got to take the three points. Um, you know, nothing else will do. And next up, we've got ANU Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, 31st of July, 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. And yeah, sorry, I meant to say Melrose Synthetic. Now I just realized what I got wrong in the other one. Sorry. So scratch that again. Brindabella Blues, White Eagles, Saturday, July 31st, 3 p.m. Melrose Synthetic. Yeah. And then we've got a now we've got ANU Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, 31st of July, 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. And we, I mentioned before, our ANU won't be uh, sort of hitting the panic button yet because they've still got two matches in hand against O'Connor Knights, but they can't afford to slip up in this one either in that regard, especially if they want to um, sort of keep the uh, momentum in, or not momentum in their hands, but keep some sort of fate in their hands as they can take the point. Well, they have the opportunity anyway to take the points from O'Connor Knights. In saying that, though, I think they'll have probably just a little too much for Wagga City Wanderers, but I'm sure Wagga City Wanderers will put up a fight. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I think um, they've got to bounce back after, uh, um, you know, the 8-0 um, that they've just, you know, they've just stood um, suffered. Um, I think that if they set up, um, I think it's a really difficult one for Wagga. You know, like it's it's one of those situations do you set up to counter and then risk... Um, conceding because you're actually giving the opposition the ball or do you actually do what you're good at which is probably sit back counter really really quickly and see if you can actually get a couple um you know that seems to be where most teams have uh, um penetrated uh, ANU um you know over, over the last few weeks is is that sort of uh, breaking very very quickly moving the ball very fast um and probably Wagga you know are able to do that because they've got some pace up front but ANU uh you know they're, uh, you know they're a well a well grounded team. Um, you know they play good football. They keep the possession very very well, and they keep coming at you. I think that's the thing. Um, you know, and if you don't keep possession of the ball and you keep turning it over, you know they'll create chances. So I've got to go and you on that one. And next up, last up in MPL two for this uh, round, we've got Ugali against O'Connor Knights. This uh, over in Griffith. This should be a very interesting matchup. Sunday, August 1st, 2 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. Now, we all know that O'Connor Knights, you know, uh, at home, uh, always uh, probably their, at their strongest as well. O'Connor Knights are, like I mentioned, a bit of a steam train at the moment. I think this will be a very close matchup. 
very well could be some goals in it as well. But I think O'Connor Knights will just take the victory in this one. But I think it'll be close. Uh, you, Paul? Yeah, I think um, Ugali will be uh, relieved because I think they've got uh, Rochi and um, uh, back. Jacob uh, uh, Donado coming back um, after suspension this weekend, which is probably timely for them. Um, coming up against uh, O'Connor. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's never easy going down there. Um, it's a big field. Um, it's a long journey. Um, you know, the, the, the field's probably a little bit slower than some of the fields in Canberra. Um, so it slows down your passing game a little bit. Um, so Miro will have to set himself up um, to, to, to be mindful of that. Um, you know, Ugali can cause surprises there. They're never easy um, at home. And, um, you know, given where they are at the moment, a few weeks ago, you probably would have actually sort of said, yeah, O'Connor. Um, but because of where Yagali sit now, there'll be a very, very different energy um, to Yagali this weekend than probably there was three or four weekends ago. Um, so, you know, they're sat in the four at the moment. Um, it can bounce either way. So I think... Um, I, I might go, go for uh, a draw, actually. I think uh, uh, Ugali will make it awkward for uh, for O'Connor. Um, and again, I think this would, could be one of those tricky ones um, just to negotiate before, you know, before they're running. And yeah, I think, you, I think you mentioned when there was a huge sigh of relief uh, when uh, ANU got the equaliser against White Eagles. I think there'll be another huge sign of relief if that's the case. If it does end up being a draw, because then that'll mean that they are all equal again. And then it'll probably yeah. all cut. All come down to those two matches if they're both able to keep the same amount of points until then. And geez, that would be a dramatic way to end the season. All yeah. right, that's us done and dust for MPL two. Paul Townsley, thank you very much. Uh, glad to have you on as always. Thank you. Any la- any any last words? Like, uh, like, uh, you know, how great were Italy at the Euros or anything like that? Or- um- or the Olympics, pro- anything like that? Or pro- probably probably not actually. Um- <laughs> <laughs> you've been waiting, the Olympics you've been really or, uh, waiting for that one haven't you you know i say you've been waiting for that one but uh yeah congratulations to italy um <laughs> um it was very painful um and yet again very sad um however bring on the world cup <laughs> and it's not as long as you have to wait till light usual is in that regard isn't it yeah and it's only 12 hours away so pending covid we could actually get over yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, let's hope uh, the COVID restrictions, at least to certain parts of the world, is okay by then. And more importantly, let's hope it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to get back, if that's the case, because then yeah. I would then I would definitely advise people not to go because it'd be cheap to get there, but to get back. Yeah. So <laughs> let's hope something's worked me, out. Might not let me back in. So. <laughs> <laughs> might, they might not let you out of Qatar, Paul. That's very true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> Thank you very right, much, you, everybody. That's episode 38 of the Canberra Football Show. Paul Townsley with me. Thank you as always. And everybody, enjoy the football. Hopefully it's not a rainy weekend.